Hello friends, welcome to Making Disciples. It is really awesome to have you with me today. Thank you so much for all of the awesome feedback that you have given me over the last couple of months. Those of you that have watched, I've been listening to the um, the Beatitudes episodes, just really encouraged by what you guys kind of fed back to me about what really spoke to you. And it really seems like this phrase uh, in the Bible, you know, it's translated as blessed, or happy uh, but a really good way of translating it would be in the hands of God when you know when you're on your knees and you're burnt out you're in the hands of God Uh, when you're grieving the loss of a loved one you're in the hands of God that phrase seems to have really unlocked things for you guys which I'm over the moon about and the feedback I've had was hey Chris could you carry on could you carry on looking at the Bible in this particular way because this I don't hear this usually and this really encourages me. Uh, I'm Yes. The answer is yes, 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 yes. And so the plan going ahead for this next term is this. We're going to be walking through the Sermon on the Mount, little chunk by little chunk. I promise you, if there is some Jewish cultural thing that will help us unlock that passage, I will share it. If there's a location thing that will help us understand the passage, I will share it. Uh, this is about educating us around... Uh, discipleship issues this is a discipleship podcast and if we want to follow Jesus and we want him to be our rabbi and we want to walk in the way of Jesus then we we need to be really going to the Sermon on the Mount that is the the language that the the teachings of, of, of Jesus himself if we want to be the apprentice of Jesus then we've got to learn from the master so in this episode you know these podcast we're going to be really looking at what is Jesus telling us in the Sermon on the Mount how do we live as disciples of Jesus in light of Jesus's teaching so that's what we're going to be doing and I'll intersperse it with episodes uh, that are interviews with really interesting people I've got some really fun interviews lined up they're already recorded uh, that will be dropping kind of in between Sermon on the Mount episodes uh, that I know you are going to really really love and the last thing I just want to say before we jump into today's episode, which is going to be about salt and light, I'm going to say you may really find over the coming episodes, there are things that I say that you go, where where can I read more about that? I'm not, I'm not hearing much on that in my local church. And what I'd say is, friends, do get a copy of the Bible book by book. It's brilliant for sermon prep. It's brilliant for small group preparation as well as personal Bible study and personal reading. If you want to understand more about the location of the Bible, the world of the Bible, that is the place to go. It really, really is. So I'd love to encourage you to get a copy of the Bible book by book and read it alongside reading the Bible. So some of the stuff that I'll be sharing over the coming weeks, you'll you'll, you'll find it in there. And you could, you could just jump ahead and, and have a look if you so wished. So here we go, friends. Let's jump in as we look at the Sermon on the Mount. And this is Sermon on the Mount. In some ways, it's part one um, in this series, but it's kind of following the Beatitudes series. So this is Sermon on the Mount, part one, salt and light. So I hope you're ready. Here we go. Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 through to 16. Jesus says to the disciples and the crowds that have gathered around him, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. 
You are light, light of the world. A city on the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Here we go. So, Sermon on the Mount, part one, salt and light. A number of years ago, I got to go into the Judean desert. And whilst I'm out wandering the Judean desert, as you do, I came across, and I actually have a photograph of this cave in the Bible book by book in, in the Matthew chapter. Uh, I'm wandering around and come across a group of Bedouin. These are, you and I would probably call them wild shepherds. You know, these were, uh, you know, they're not homeless because Bedouin have homes, but they live in tents very often. But Bedouin are almost homeless, but they're an actual people group. And this Bedouin were sat around this cave uh, with all their sheep and their goats around. And they lived there for significant chunks of time by this cave. And what I noticed was behind the cave was quite a mound of salt. And it wasn't purified salt. This was like large chunks of salt. And when I say large chunks, you know, some of them were almost the size or half the size of a table tennis ball, like massive grit. It's the kind of stuff that you and I would see in the road in winter to stop cars from skidding. And this salt was piled up behind this cave or this mound where they were and it really did look like the salty grit that we put on the roads at winter and it's piled up and I'm interested by this because I'm like what it is a bit weird because I'm thinking there's no snow around here like why would you need this salt grit thing so anyway I, the, the guy that I was with was able to communicate with me with these Bedouin and we, we started talking with them and um, what they said was this is the salt that they used as an antiseptic when you needed the toilet you would take your shovel you go you would find a space you would dig a hole you would do a poo uh, into the ground and then uh, you, rather than keeping digging holes you would kind of cover up what your filth and then the next person that comes along could use that same hole again and over time you would then fill it up and then you dig another one and what they would do is they would take this salt that was around the back of their, uh, their property, this, this cave, and they'd put a, a shovel of this salt on their filth as a way of really doing two things. The first thing was it was an antiseptic that would help break down the, the poo. The second thing it would do is if you are in the wilderness and you have got meat, dried meat, or you've got food, they don't have fridges or freezers. So they don't have Tupperware. So what they would do is they would often cover their food. Um, they would often put salt on their food as a way of covering it and preserving it. Um, but what they didn't want was flies that had landed on your own filth and then coming and landing on your food. So what they would do is they would put the salt on the filth as a way of uh, covering up 
the filth so the flies wouldn't land on it and breed on it. So these couple of things that were that were going on. Do you know the other thing that they use salt for in that way is for cooking. So if you were to take some manure, animal manure, and mix it with salt, it actually burns at a higher temperature. So you you can cook things at a higher temperature on that um, product of, of the manure slash the salt all mixed in. So it could be used for cooking as well. So I've heard tons of sermons on um, Christians not losing their saltiness because it's all about flavour. Now, other parts of the scriptures like Luke does talk about salt and it references it in terms of cooking but not here here the salt that is mentioned it says you are the salt of the earth there are different kinds of salt there is processed salt which is what you have on now on your dinner table and you take that processed salt and you put it on your food to make it taste nice you use it in your cooking but there's another kind of salt uh, you, know, um, you know, sea salt, think about sea salt. Sea salt gets processed and that's what we can end up on our dinner table, sea salt uh, on our dinner table. But there's also the salt that's caught up in the, the dirt around the, you know, the Dead Sea is where they predominantly get their sea salt from, their salt from. And it would be caught up in the soil around the lake. And, and regions where there is um, high concentrations of uh, salty water, it would get caught up in the soil. So you'd end up with soil uh, and dirt that within it you had the salt. And this salt that was high quantities of salt mixed with the dirt is what they would call salt from the earth. So it wasn't any good for cooking, but it was perfect for sanitation. So you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salt again and if it's lost its antiseptic-ness if this salt has now become so um, mixed in with the dirt it's more dirt than salt it's no longer good to anybody except to be thrown out and trampled on upon men used as a as a, as a thing to put on the ground but salt of the earth was used as an antiseptic in sanitation and your toiletry and I think there's a couple of things that just jumps out at me on this is uh, isn't it really interesting that Jesus I think is using a metaphor here it's not about cooking it's about sanitation and it's about an antiseptic and that soul is not separate from the human filth but is put on the human filth so we as disciples of Jesus we're not called to be separate holy sanctified distant from the mess of the world but we're actually called to get involved with being an antiseptic against the filth of this world it's not about holiness that's about getting away somewhere else it's about holiness that is about transformation where we are which i find really interesting so so often when the church talks about being uh, being holy uh, being righteous you know all these kind of religious words it's all about getting somewhere else away from the the sin but what Jesus is saying here is here you are salt of the earth and what they would have known that as is this this salt that's used for antiseptic uses and therefore Jesus isn't saying be somewhere else he's saying get mixed in and bring about transformation you know how can it be made salty and we can't if it's if it's now mixing with so much 
um, of the soil, uh, the dirt. It's just not going to be useful. It's no longer any good for anything except to be thrown out. So don't lose your saltiness. Get mixed in with what needs to be transformed. And I think that's what Jesus is saying here. You are the salt of the earth. You are a holy antiseptic that brings transformation. And I think this is, and you'll see this elsewhere in scripture. I think our Christian, modern Christian understanding of holiness and Jesus's biblical understanding of holiness is actually quite different. So for us, holiness is like being given a white suit and then you spending time trying to keep the white suit clean. So for us, very often holiness is about trying to keep the white suit that you're the white item of clothing that you're wearing clean. But what Jesus talks about in terms of holiness is about a proximity to the filth and actually us being the transformation, um, not, not the one that's hiding from the darkness or hiding from the filth, but actually getting involved with and transforming, which is also the second image that Jesus now uses. He says, you are the light of the world, a, a city on a hill, you know, a gathered group of, a city is a gathered group of people. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. So a whole bunch of people that are filled full of the light, they can't hide. You can't hide them. You can't hide the believers because they are riddled with light and they're now a city. Neither do people light a lamp and they put it under a bowl. You don't hide it. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So Jesus is using a light image here. And throughout scripture, you have constantly this image of light and dark, light coming in the darkness. And when light comes in darkness, it comes as an antiseptic against the dark. Light is a, a visual antiseptic against the darkness. When light comes, it brings transformation to the darkness. And what is so interesting, so interesting is this, darkness can do nothing but flee at the power of the light. Light and dark are not two sides of the same coin. They're not not the opposites. They're not um, light is not the opposite to dark. Light is more powerful than darkness. Darkness has no power. Darkness is weak compared to light. You light a match and this fragile light is more powerful than the darkness because the darkness can't be where the light is. So I just find that so cool. And if we're talking in terms of holiness, you know, we get so funny that, you know, um, Christians, need, we need to stay away from things that are dark because, you know, it's going to pollute you. Hang on, the light that is inside of you is more powerful than any darkness that is out there. The darkness has to flee at the light. In the same way salt is more powerful, it's an antiseptic against the filth. In the same way light is an antiseptic against the dark. So light is more powerful, salt is more powerful than the filth, and light is more powerful than the dark. So Jesus says, you are salt of the earth. You get mixed in with the filth. You are the light. You're going to bring transformation to the darkness. And the whole purpose behind this, Jesus says, is this is happening so that 
people will see you shining in the light and it's going to give glory to God. So this thing that God is doing inside of us, this holiness, this transformation that's happening in us is happening for the purposes of us transforming the world. So everything that we have is about changing the world. The filth of the world and the darkness of the world gets transformed by us. Are we preaching now? I just think that is so inspiring. This is who we are. If you would describe yourself as a disciple of Jesus, then Jesus says inside of you is a light and inside of you is a salt. And this antiseptic against darkness and this antiseptic against filth is more powerful than you can ever imagine. When you walk into darkness and you carry the light, you bring transformation. When you walk into a room and you're carrying the salt, God's saltiness, you will bring transformation just because you are present right there. So I do wonder if if Jesus was preaching this today, I think both of those things would still preach. I think he would still use those same metaphors. They totally make sense. But I also love this idea that another way of saying it would be about colour, uh, light, uh, colour and darkness. The church is, Jesus says, like salt. It's like light. It's a distinctive. It's enticing. It's an antiseptic. This is why the church isn't about what we do on a Sunday. It's uh, Sunday is there for us to learn and encourage each other to do life better. Church, gathered church, is about becoming an antiseptic in the world. And this antiseptic is bringing this explosive transformation. Leslie Newbigin, who's a Scottish theologian, I absolutely adore this guy. And he describes the church uh, as an explosion of joy in our community, an explosion of this holy antiseptic. And he says this, uh, he says, mission begins with a kind of explosion of joy. The news that the rejected and crucified Jesus is alive is something that cannot possibly be suppressed. The mission of the church is more like the fallout from a vast explosion, a radioactive fallout, which is not lethal, but is life-giving. You know, you could say it like the mission of the church is like a holy antiseptic that's exploding out into the world. It says the gospel of good news isn't so because we say it is, but because it just is. Jesus is the explosion of good news. and The church are there to embody that. Friends, we are exploding with something. We're exploding with light. We're exploding with this antiseptic salt. Uh, and I would argue that we're, we are to be like a colour like no other. We are called to be vibrant colour in a black and white world. We are called to be vibrancy on our estates, in our towns, in our villages, in our workplaces, in our schools, our universities, our medical centres. We are to be colour like no other color like no other so friends i want to ask you to just think for a moment jesus says that you are a light and you are salt you are a holy transformative power wherever you live you are a holy antiseptic bringing forth a transformation wherever you are and people need, he says, to see this. He, the world needs to see this. 
They need to see your good deeds. They need to see your transforming power because when they do, it brings glory to him. We need to be color like no other. A number of years ago, there was a Sonny Bravia advert. I don't know if you've seen it. You might want to Google it. It's uh, an advert where the paint is exploding all over these tower blocks, like color exploding everywhere. And I remember seeing that advert and I thought, wow, that's what the church is meant to look like in every neighborhood. An explosion of color, vitality, life, uh, where there was gray, now there is um, such bright color exploding everywhere. Wherever you are working, wherever you are living, we are called to be this transformative explosion of color, life, vitality, antiseptic transformation. That is who we are to be. We're not to be hidden because an antiseptic can't be hidden. An antiseptic is just going to be an antiseptic. Wherever it is, when that bottle of bleach leaks, it just is something that is an antiseptic. Uh, it brings transformation because of what it is. And that's what Jesus is saying about you and I. You and I are something that will bring about change in the world without us even realising it. So, friends, as we launch into the Sermon on the Mount, we think about being salt and light and what this now starts to look like in the world. May you know that you are a holy, transformative power you are a holy antiseptic wherever you are heading today wherever you are going this week whoever you are meeting with or interacting with may you know that you are God's transformative power because his spirit is light his saltiness is in you and I may you know that where you are about wherever you are and I pray that that would be a reality in your life in Jesus name amen Friends, until next week, grace and peace.